AI in Action is brought to you by Aulis International, covering your business's staffing, consulting, and networking needs. Our host brings you the leading minds in AI, sharing their story, their success, and their advice. Focusing on fast-tracking you to the top, AI in Action cuts through the hype to help you kickstart your data science career. To listen to the latest AI in Action podcast, head over to www.aldis.com forward slash podcast, or subscribe via iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Podcasts. You're listening to AI in Action. I'm your host, JP Valentine. Our guest today is Eddie Newland. Eddie is the Director of AI Services at SFL Scientific. Eddie, welcome to the show. Glad to be here, JP. Thanks for having me. It's our pleasure. So, Eddie, let's start with yourself. Can you give us a brief background of where you first got started in technology? Walk us through your, your career path, some of the roles you've held along the way taking us up to just before you joined uh, SFL. Yeah, absolutely. So I graduated college in 2009, which is you know, an unfortunate time to be coming out of school. There wasn't a tremendous amount of opportunity given the recent recession and crash. Um, so I moved back to San Francisco. I had gone to school back on the East Coast of the United States, and I moved back home to San Francisco to really kind of just see what was out there. I had played golf in college, so I worked as a golf pro to really just kind of keep myself busy. I'd always been a people person and know that I wanted to do some form of development or sales, but I wasn't really sure where or when to get started. So I took a, a pretty basic um, a sales job for a software company that, ironically, the tool was based on an NLP technology that they had developed. So here I find myself in AI today, uh, but I've actually been working with you know, AI technologies as far back as 2010. And over the next five to 10 years, I worked in different roles doing starting originally really just sales, a lot of the cold calling and selling software, but then growing into more development and client relations type roles. Um, I went back to school in 2014. Um, I went back and got my MBA. And in doing that, I graduated to kind of this development perspective and I focused my career into professional services. So for five years, I worked at a, an organization called Berkeley Research Group. Um, where I was a client development representative. We had a number of different consulting practices, both in the litigation and healthcare field specifically. Um, so my clients were lawyers, but then also hospital healthcare executives, helping them in a number of different scenarios, some business optimization, some digital transformation. A lot of it was litigation specific. Um, so if people got into trouble, um, we would be the people that they would send the data and the information over to to be the third party uh, that would testify on their behalf as to what actually happened. Um, so through all that, I kind of gained this, this experience of looking at organizations specifically within healthcare, but then across other different verticals and understanding where their data lives and what can be done with it, you know, for better and for worse. Uh, and that kind of led me to SFL Scientific because I've been working healthcare life sciences a lot. It's a big space for us as an organization. Um, and when I got to know some of the founders and came in to interview and chat with them, I gained an even greater understanding and appreciation for all the things that the data that these organizations have been able to collect over the years would be able to do for them. Um, so it was a pretty natural fit for me as a development perspective to to come in and join the firm because They've been taking a couple of different approaches to, to finding clients. And given what we do, we've been very fortunate to stay quite busy without having to do a lot of you know, tr trying to meet people and trying to develop 
uh, new opportunities. But now, you know, in this COVID world, there's a little bit different approach and sort of a, a professional process that we wanted to put behind it. Yeah, and you touched on it there. Given the nature of SFL's business model, you you've had a lot of of projects coming your way, and you know, despite the disruptions externally, you guys have been still been very successful. So I think that's a nice segue into giving a complete overview of of the business, the business model, the types of customers you're working with, and then your role as as director of AI services. Yeah, absolutely. So. SFL Scientific was founded in 2015. Our co-founders, uh, Mike Luck, Mike Zagala, and Daniel Ferrante, are all PhD physicists. They met at Brown University while they were getting their, their postdoc, or Daniel was doing his postdoc, and Mike and Mike were doing their, uh, their doctoral studies. And then afterwards, a couple of them went over to CERN in Switzerland and were studying at the Super Collider. And once they finished, they all three went into more commercial roles, but realized that all of the sort of machine learning and at the time, you know, didn't have the buzz terms to it, but deep learning models that they had developed in part of their academic study was becoming a growing need across the commercial landscape. But at that point, federal hadn't really come on board, but commercial certainly. And they all took roles where they were doing that internally at different organizations, but quickly came to realize that there was this big need for people that had the abilities that they had to work both from the hardware and thinking about architecture when it comes to all this, what we now know as big data, and then the modeling and also operationally how this would affect a business or leveraging this would affect a business. Um, so they got together, they founded the organization SFL Scientific um, in 2015 and, and opened the doors really as a professional services organization. So we as an organization don't have any intellectual property. There's no secret software. There's no hardware that we leverage. We are technology and tool agnostic. What we specialize in is solving very hard mathematical problems, algorithmic-based problems at their core. Um, so the team is about 35 PhD-level data scientists now, and that's what we do all day, every day. And um, We're based here in Boston, Massachusetts. So as you'd imagine, we were able to get a nice kickstart kind of in this space with the healthcare and life science organizations that exist here in the area. But at this point, and given the nature of what we do, there's really no limit, whether it be country or regional boundaries on, on who we can work with or what we can do. So we're fortunate to have clients globally, though many of our clients are here in North America. Um, and the problems that we solve are no longer constrained in obviously healthcare and life sciences. They really work across the board. In general, there are more organizations that fit in the traditional life sciences or healthcare bucket that are exploring AI. A lot of other larger orgs in different verticals are certainly looking to AI and what it can do for them. Um, but just by nature of the understanding of the people that work within the organizations, if you think of like big pharma or big biotech companies, those folks all came out of academic backgrounds. They were you know, in the lab down the hall from the people in the physics department that were using these types of algorithms to do their discovery. They've got an appreciation for what's possible. There's not as much of a learning curve. I think the, the learning curve itself is starting to flatten out as more people are gaining a greater understanding for AI. Uh, but there's a lot less education that goes into that vertical than there may be, say, you know, state or local um, education or something to that. Um, but we're starting to see a big uptick in retail, manufacturing, especially um, people that have large factories have any number of use cases for both computer vision and time series when it comes to preventative maintenance. 
Um, and as a team, the way we look at the market is we try not to segment ourselves just based on specific verticals, whether it be healthcare or manufacturing, but look at it in terms of the data modalities. So we have a computer vision team. We have a natural language processing team. And then the third bucket, and a lot of people will put different things in this bucket, but it really always boils down to kind of temporal or signal data and processing. So we organize our team across those three groups and everybody gets cross-trained. So it's not like if you come to work at SFL Scientific, you'll only get to work on computer vision or NLP problems. But we have leaders that are specially trained in those areas and they work under our technical leadership to guide the different project teams of, you know, as we go forward. I appreciate that. And, and it's it's great to, to hear about the, the organic growth, starting with, with Boston, North America, and now global customers. Um, you've given some insight into the the customer base, uh, starting off initially with healthcare, and now it's expanded. Uh, and you also touched on the type of work that you guys do. Um, you and I have spoken previously about how your data scientists are, are more fully formed and, and take hands-on and, and lots of different aspects. Can you give us some insight into what you mean by that? Walk us through what it's like to, to be part of the data science group there from uh, responsibilities, but then also, you know, an example of, of, of a, a project that your group could be working on at this moment in time. Yeah, absolutely. So different than other larger consulting organizations who might do AI or say they do AI at this point, every organ or every project that we work on runs a very lean team. So a traditional project team or sort of a typical product team for SFL Scientific will have one of our technical leads at the top, which is one of our co-founders. There will be a project manager that's in charge of the team. And I would put up project managers um, up against anybody in the industry, not only because they're incredibly talented, but they're also they have degrees in data science. And um, so it's not just somebody that's sitting on the project that's helping with all the documentation and setting up schedules, but they actually appreciate and understand everything that our technical delivery people are working on and can provide more direction so that not everybody's relying on the on the technical leads to help with the projects. Um, but then under that, there's usually a data scientist and a data engineer. Again, these people are typically at least master's level. Most of them have their PhDs, up to 10 years of experience working in AI, both from an academic and now a, you know, in a commercial sense. And then depending on the nature of the problem, there might be one or two extra either data engineers or data scientists, depending on what it is that we're doing. Um, so for example, right now we've got a project running with the health care organization where they actually had a few models already built. So this particular team is one data scientist who's working on model pruning and helping to optimize the models that already exist while also coming up with some unique or novel approaches to the solution that they've developed because you know, there are models and different approaches to every problem. So we want to make sure that even though the client says that this is the approach that they've determined is the best, we want to help them to verify that you're right, this is the best, or you know, you have you thought of this model, there's some of the recent developments in academia, we might be able to take this approach. Um, but then for this particular problem, they're trying to get it onto edge hardware. So that's a big engineering feat, or not feat, but a big engineering step that they're taking because they built this thing kind of in a, a sandbox or in a vacuum. Now we need to move it not only into production, but it move it into production at the edge. And there are a lot of considerations that need to be made from that. So we take a step back, take a 30,000 foot view. We look at it strategically of, of building a functional specification so we can understand all of the architecture, the inputs, the outputs, the cleaning, the security, 
everything that goes into where this model will eventually live. And then you've got to build that environment. Um, and that takes a lot of work, both in documentation and processing, working hand in hand with the client to understand you know, what's light labeled, what's blacklisted. Every organization, even within their a given cloud provider or on-prem provider for hardware, might have certain pieces that are and aren't allowed to be utilized. All of those things will configure down and some of it will impact the model itself because there are certain models that run better on different types of hardware or they're just too large for an edge hardware piece. And um, taking all that into consideration, that's what like an example of a project or a type of project and how our teams get built around them. So obviously 2020 presented quite unique challenges with the disruption that we faced at COVID. How has that impacted the, the customer base and the types of project that SFL are, are being asked to work on? You've already indicated that there's been an increased demand for, for your expertise and skill set across various industries now. But when you look back at 2020, what has the, the outcome of the COVID-related disruptions been for SFL um, in terms of future business and growth of the company? Yeah, so 2020 was unique for everybody, and I think we were very lucky that the core business and what we deliver for our clients, though we have the opportunity in, in the past, we've certainly worked on premises at our client sites. More often than not, though, most of the work is done remote, so we're, we were well-suited to what 2020 demanded from organizations to be able to be agile in that way. But when it came to clients specifically, you know, healthcare being a big one, where in, in the immediate, everybody just kind of took pause and took inventory of, you know, what is this going to mean for their business, which is fine. We had plenty of projects in motion, so we just kept delivering on those. Um, but a lot of if you think of, you know, elective surgeries and things that like, like that that slowed down, eventually the tail caught up to the suppliers of the medical devices that are leveraged in that. So if you're getting a, something put in for your heart valve or something into your lung, you know, the suppliers of those hardware, those are some of our biggest clients because they want to make that technology that they're putting in your body even smarter. They want to connect it. They want to have algorithms to run diagnostics so that they can predict the next time somebody might have a given episode. Those are the types of projects we get to work on. And the the fallback from or the fallout from COVID was that a lot of those surgeries weren't happening. A lot of the development efforts at those types of companies was being paused because they just had a lot of product on the shelf. Um, the product wasn't being used in surgeries or, or what the case might be. And that worked, you know, across all industries. Um, there were a couple of opportunities that we had um, in the farming industry or like the meats industry where they wanted to use AI to monitor not only their supply chain, but also some of their processing aspects. And, you know, the plant shut down and people weren't, you know, they weren't actually producing as much. They had problems with COVID and things like that. So, on a whole, it was interesting to see there was a drawback in certain areas, but then also, you know, some there are organizations all across the country that actually benefited. Everybody looks at Amazon, but and DoorDash and other food delivery services that benefited from COVID. But there are other niche businesses that have also ex, sort of excelled during all of this, and because of that, um, that gave us opportunity to work with them because they had funding that they might not have had uh, in the past through all of this. Um, so it's been an interesting dynamic. You can't say for certain that like this group exists now that didn't and that it fits into an easy bucket. Uh, but there are a couple of and a lot of the uh, the healthcare or sort of the people that took pause due to COVID initially seem to have gotten their legs back under them. So at the end of 2020, 
a lot of the projects that we had just been discussing throughout the course of the year that we knew people wanted to do was just a matter of are we going to have the budget to pursue it and we're starting to get those approvals again and we're starting to go forward so the beginning of this year has actually been quite busy uh, and it looks like 2021 could be a great year for us so following on that that last point 2021 looking like a great year can you give us some insight on the the expected growth from a customer base but but more importantly then the types of of individuals that you're going to need to bring in in order to continue to service these customers yeah so we certainly have open recs right now so anybody that's listening or anybody that you know that 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 meets the qualifications of the levels of data scientists that we're looking for. We're, we're certainly hiring in that space, data engineers especially. I think when you think about where our work is going, as an organization, we're starting to work more in the federal space. Um, federal comes with it its own unique challenges when it comes to winning the business, but also a lot of it requires clearances from a security standpoint. So data scientists that have a security clearance are at a premium. Um, and definitely a resource that we're looking to bring on board, data engineers for the same reason. Uh, but then data engineers in general, um, people that are really familiar or as familiar as you can be for such a, a new space with ML ops and all, everything that goes into that. Um, more and more organizations are starting to not only develop these models, but start moving them into production. And we, many of our members of our teams kind of wear two hats where they're not only scientists, data scientists, but they're also data engineers. We're starting to have a, a growing need for more dedicated data engineering talent uh, just because as we build more of these models or more of these organizations, instead of coming to us with their first proof of concept or their first use case, they're coming and saying, hey, we've solved these 20 problems. We've got a few of these models into production, but we want to take you know these next 10 that we've developed and move them into production. We're thinking about using a software, and there are a lot of great op- options out there depending on what your setup is for ways to leverage that but you're still going to need somebody to build all those pipelines and architect that environment and kind of give you the roadmap, if you will, for what you're going to need. Um, So we're looking to hire as many of those people as we can as well. Final question for me then, Eddie. Your your data scientists do have to wear multiple hats, and I think it would be useful to get your take on the, the pros of being one of these fully formed data scientists who, who who work on different projects in different industries and, and wear much of the responsibility as opposed to a more isolated data scientists who have one core specialty and work on the same types of projects over again. You've, you've talked to me about the variety and, and a lot of the positives that come with that level of exposure. So it'd be good to, to get your take on it and, and help people understand um, what what options are out there yeah so i think what's unique to sfl scientific is as a consulting organization we do get to see every type of problem that's out there that people are realistically trying to solve there's obviously the academic approach to solving any number of problems and that comes with a lot of rewarding experience but also some struggles and you know applying for funding and trying to come up with access to data sets to be able to solve the problems that you're looking to address here at sfl scientific the beauty is we get to see all of the hardest problems because we've been able to build a reputation for being the go-to to solve your hardest problem. Um, so you don't end up working if you're a data scientist on one specific problem for nine months, or you know if you're working at a larger technology company working on the same problem for five years. That has its own rewards to be sure. But if you're looking to develop a broader skill set of you know I want to understand how to better tune an NLP model or the different implications that come into a computer vision model, whether I'm 
looking at a satellite image or a streaming CCTV or a CT image or an MRI and the differences between the mechanisms and the model options, depending on what you're trying to solve within that use case. And you get the opportunity to work on all those things here at SFL Scientific. And I think when we go out and we talk to different folks that are interested in joining the firm, one of the biggest one of the biggest pieces of feedback that we get is that you know, our leadership is is the best in the business at doing what we do. They've been doing this for as long as people can reasonably claim that they've been doing it, and both from an academic perspective and their credentials are impeccable in those regards. But now for the types of clients that we've been able to work with, we really have a, a very broad understanding and a deep understanding for where this market is, where it's going, um, and have positioned ourselves well to, to capture sort of these the state of the art projects, the really hard novel research and development focused projects, as opposed to solving some projects come in the door that are solved problems and, you know, people need help with that work too. And there's nothing wrong with doing that, but to keep this type of talent motivated and to keep them here at the company. And you've also got to challenge them to work on some of the hardest problems. And we're fortunate to get the opportunity to do that with our clients. Excellent. Well, Eddie, we appreciate you coming on and talking to us today, uh, giving some insight of not just your own background, but what's happening at SFL Scientific. I think people who are familiar with SFL already know that the standard and caliber of the individuals and the work that you guys do. So I think it's helpful for others to learn about it as it it could be a great uh, future place for them to work. So thank you again for sharing. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, JP. AI Action is brought to you by Aulus International, covering your business's staffing, consulting, and networking needs. Aulus offer an exec search program. Aulus can help you discover how data science and AI can transform your company. With our unrivaled network of C-suite executives and senior AI professionals, we offer retained search services across the US and Europe. Get the Aulus advantage. Become a member of the Aulus community and enjoy some of the following. AI meetups. Once a month, our community gathers to listen to some of the leading experts in the world of data science and AI. Our speakers come from all over the world, including Dublin, Boston and Frankfurt. We also have our AI mentors. Our experts will provide mentoring to all its members. And don't forget our AI in Action podcast. Each week, we have guests from all over the world talking us through their education, career and more. Become an Aldis member and get the Aldis advantage. For more information and to sign up for our newsletter, log on to www.aldis.com. That's www.aldus.com. Aldus International, empowering through AI.